um, Eternally Human. That's what the series is called. And um, each week we're just looking at different aspects of what it's going to mean. Uh, so the gospel is this, that uh, God created the, the heavens and the earth. He created all things. Uh, humanity came into being. We sinned against God. Sin was rejection of God. We turned against God. We, we tried to be our own God. So, you know, sin isn't always this like ugly looking evil uh, kind of thing. It's this kind of, I, I, I'm the kind of the boss of my own life. I can do it by myself. I don't really need God. Um, I've got this under control. That, that's what it is. And um, so Jesus comes into the world uh, in humanity. He comes as a person. Uh, he lives in our place. He dies in our place. He, the wages of sin is death. He takes on death. And he gets raised to life and invites people to believe in him, to rest in him. In other words, to not try to be good enough, but to rather just come as, as they are and say, I trust in you that you are good enough, that I can get forgiveness through you, and that you've paid the penalty. And so the, the, commun you know, the, the communion on my right and left is the, the bread representing his body, the juice representing his blood that was spilled for us. That forgiveness comes through Jesus. We've sung about it beautifully. Thank you again, worship team. Um, but then Jesus was raised to life eternally. And today he sits at the right hand of the Father in heaven, interceding for us, uh, advocating for us. And so uh, we are told in the Bible that we will be raised. When Jesus returns, we will be raised uh, in flesh, in, in humanity. We won't be spirits that, like cupid angels that kind of float along the clouds and, and bounce in that. Those of you who are looking forward to that, that's not going to happen. Um, you're going to be you eternally. Um, but the, 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 not the kind of, you can't even say the best version of you because that's so, so cliche today. Be the best you you can be. You're going to be the you you were always meant to be. Um, and the world is going to be without sin and death. That's going to be totally removed. That's what Jesus has done. And so we're looking at what's it going to be like? Because you know what, it, you know what it's like when you know the destination. If you're driving down to Margaret River and you're a child and you don't know how far away it is and you need the toilet or you're hungry, you need the toilet and you're hungry now and you can't deal with it because you need it right now. But if you're the adult or the driver of the vehicle and you know like, you know there's that Caltech stop or Ampol is just down the road around the corner, I can probably wait. I'm not going to struggle too much with it right now. We'll pull over and use the restroom and get some food, right? So if we can see where we're going, if we can see what's happening, the scripture tells us this is what it's going to be like, then through this life, it helps us in all the ups and the downs, to look ahead and to see what, what's coming. So the first week we did that we're going to be raised in bodies, and you can go listen to that. And then last week we did gender. You're going to be raised male or female, um, which today is, is almost shocking, but it's still wonderfully true. And this week we're looking at, um, you, we, this week we're looking at emotional health. You're still going to have feelings in heaven. Uh, no, not in heaven, in the heavens and the new earth. So uh, we'll talk about that at some stage. Often we make the mistake of talking about the, the eternal life that we have in Jesus as heaven. We're going to go be with him in heaven. That's kind of like this temporary position. When Jesus returns, we're going to be with God on earth. Like this. Not in some place in the sky, bouncing around clouds. And so, you know, it's like, what is it going to be like? It's going to be like... This, the best version of this you can possibly imagine. In fact, the Bible says more, than, more better than you can imagine. Um, okay, so let's get into the emotional stuff. Just quickly, um, who over here feels like they're like 
super well in touch with their emotions. Just raise your hand nice and high. Hopefully it's fine. <laughs> That's good. There's like three people, four people. Just raise your hands again. Okay, split in half. Two guys, two, two ladies. I, I thought more hands would go up than that. I didn't think many guys' hands would go. How many of you feel like you, raise your hands. How, how many of you feel like you are not in touch with your emotions at all? Just raise your hands. Okay, there's, there's more hands. And then everyone else is in between. Okay, you, everyone, some of you are like, what are emotions? You, you should have put your hand up the second time. Um, some of you are so in touch with your emotions that you're like, this is making me feel awkward. I'm not raising my hand. You should have raised your hand the first time. <laughs> um, but there's a few of us in between, right? So what I'm going to try to show you is that you're probably better with your emotions than you think. But if our faith is in Jesus, there is a way through every emotion that is, is quite wonderful. And we'll look at it. I just don't want to give it away too much. So we're going to have some fun at the beginning. I hope that's okay. It is Mother's Day, and Mother, Mother's Day is, Mothers are awesome, so we need to have some fun in this. Um, I'm going to introduce you to six emotions. They're not the only ones. They just are six kind of primary emotions. All of you who are emotionally intelligent, and you're like, no, there's at least 3,000 emotions in the English language. I, I get that. Can we just stick on six uh, for my own sanity's sake? Um, but let me introduce you to them. Can you throw them up on the board, Joel? Uh, what do you think this one's called? <laughs> Anger. Anger. Next one, please. Sadness, you've watched the movie. Next one, please. Fear. That's it, fear. Anger, sadness, fear. Joy. Joy. Uh, next one, I had to make up myself well with an AI. <laughs> what is this one? <laughs> Indifferent. Okay, the AI struggled and I was running out of uh, credits, uh, and so I just accepted this, but this was peace. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's pretty close, right? <laughs> <laughs> a blob of peace. <laughs> peace is sometimes hard to describe, but you know if you've got it. Um, and the next last one is a giveaway. Again, this is not a great AI, but um, we, there you have the six emotions. The movie, sadly, the movie didn't have peace and love. I watched the movie and I loved the movie, and it was only when I was doing the sermon I realized peace and love weren't in the movie, which was disappointing because we ended up with these. Um, <laughs> Which one of these six do you identify the most with most of the time? Just tell one person next to you. Don't tell everyone. Don't shout it out, uh, especially if it's anger. Um, but just be honest. Just tell someone next to you, which one of these at the moment do you identify with most of the time? All right. Okay, I'm going to read out some um, descriptions, some, some synonyms, and you tell me which emotion they belong to. Okay, some descriptive words. Um, will you throw it up? Uh, next one, please. I feel unlovable, lonely, and incapable. Sad. So if you said uh, sadness is emotion you, f you, feel com you feel in relation to right now, maybe some of these things are familiar to you. I feel unlovable, lonely, incapable. Um, next one, please. I feel lovable, independent, secure, self-accepting, and powerful. Joy! Yeah! <laughs> right? Isn't joy so annoying? I'm just kidding. Joy is wonderful. Uh, next one, please. I feel jealous, dissatisfied, frustrated, resentful, ungenerous. Anger. Next one, please. 
I feel open, satisfied, accepting, compassionate, grateful, humble, generous. Uh, this one is love. <laughs> Next one, please. I feel worried, nervous, stressed, indecisive, confused, impatient. I should probably try to get my tone to match the feelings. That, that would help you. I think I'm throwing some of you off. Fear. Fear. Yeah. Okay, I'll try to get this one right so we can land well. This one. <sighs> I feel relaxed, calm, confident, patient, flexible, productive. Peace. All's right with the world at the moment. Okay, I need two people who are going to uh, demonstrate some things for me. So if two of you who don't mind acting, will you please just come up real quick? Probably, um, yeah. I don't think I'm going to embarrass you, but just jump up, please. I know some of you are dying to get up here, but thank you. Okay, Bianca, come to my right. Someone to my, I just need someone to my left. Thank you, Nathan. Okay. Um, I'm going to give them an emotion, and they're going to say a sentence, and you have to guess what that emotion is. Um, I don't remember if I, did I make slides for the, the, the sentence is going to be, I can't believe you did that. Do you have a slide for that? I don't know if you do. No, I can't believe you did that. Okay, so. Yes, you can think about it. I'll give you a second. So the sentence is, I can't believe you did that. All right. I can't believe you did that. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ruby, we're going to need your help with this one. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Joy, you got it. Yeah, there you go. No, 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 you, you're good. You got it. You nailed it. One for one. Um, uh, so, sorry, the next sentence is, um, oh, the next sentence is, so what, uh, no, I'm going to skip that one, that's going to be tricky. Um, sorry, I can't make it. So you're declining an offer to go somewhere. So it's, sorry, I can't make it. Um, sorry, I can't make it. Um, okay. It is so nice. <laughs> I want to invite you to something you can't make of mine. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I feel it. What is it? Sadness. Okay, this was love, this was sadness. You, in contrast, you kind of see the difference. Right, okay. Thank you to perfectly played. So you can see how emotions are like, they're, they're very real, same sentences, but expressed, felt differently. Even if someone goes, I don't know what I'm feeling about this. You, you can hear it in their tones, you can see it in their body language. It's being expressed outwardly, right? And so we can pick up on that. You're probably better with your feelings than you think you are. Um, I'm going to give out some sentences, and I want some of you over here to just shout, shout out. And you can see I'm quite comfortable with pauses, so we'll just wait until someone is comfortable to shout. But it's how would each of these six emotions finish the following sentences? So you, you in your head pick an emotion. You can see the pictures of them there. Anger, sadness, fear, joy, a blob of peace, and love. Um, and then you can finish the sentence as this emotion would. So you need a moment for creativity. But here's a sentence. I'd rather be dead than. 
Who's willing to have a go? Well, I'll pick on Julian. Steve-o. Here. I'd rather... Can you just say the whole sentence? I'd rather be dead than here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> What's the emotion? Sad? Is it sad? Anger? Nasa's got anger. Who else wants another go? I'd rather be dead then. Then still here. Still kicking. Can you say the whole sentence? Sad. Peace. Okay. All right. Let me give you another sentence. Would you like to? Would you like to go to the beach? <laughs> joy? Anyone confused about that? You always know it's joy because there's a tinge of annoyance you feel. <laughs> I'm just completely teasing. I'm just teasing. Joy has a bad rap. Um, it's, it's, someone else try with a, another emotion. Would you like to? Oh. That's loving. That's loving? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, was that embarrassed that you, <laughs> yeah. It's okay to be loving, Jules. Okay, so the point I want to make is, um, thanks. Emotions are real. Emotions are appropriate. Um, emotions are seasonal. Emotions are meant to be shared. And let me just show you some of this real quick. Because sometimes, like, you come from a, maybe some of us come from, like, a, if we had a tension, maybe there's, like, a stoicism that you're not supposed to show emotions. Emotions are a weakness or, you know, it's a, a strong person uh, is unwavering in their emotions through difficult circumstances. And maybe some of us come through kind of a, that's maybe like a stuffing, stuff your emotions into until you would say your feelings hold. And then this side is the gushing. You know, like, it's inauthentic not to display exactly how you're feeling about things all the time. You should. If you're your best self, you just let it out. Just spill it out. Just show it right now. Don't do it, please. Um, and so we, we're here in between these, right? Uh, and you, you're, you're one side or the other, probably, and then somewhere in the spectrum. So let's just have a look at, at this quickly. Um, in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 4, it says, is it, there's... There's a time for every activity under the sun. And then it says in particular, it says, uh, there is a time for weeping and a time for laughing. And that gives us, Ecclesiastes gives us this, what he's, what he's trying to say is, hey, there's seasons of life. There's, there are seasons that are appropriate to be weeping. Emotions are real. Emotions are appropriate. Emotions are seasonal. And emotions are meant to be shared. We'll get to that in a minute. And there's also a time for laughing. And so in a way, he's saying like, Hey, if there's a time for weeping, that's real. You, that's like, go there. It's, it's right. It's good. It's appropriate. Something's probably going on. But, you, but you're not going to live there forever because that's not your... It's a time for it. A time will come for laughing. So, in, you know, in a way, there's a little bit of hope for that. But if you're like laughing and everything's dandy, hey, man, like just be aware that life's not always beer and Skittles, as my friend Malcolm would say. <laughs> Some things are going to happen, and it's okay to recognize them. Sometimes those who are on the kind of, life's all about joy and laughter, find it hard to embrace it. Sometimes life is hard. And it's a real kick to the guts when they figure that out. Uh, the, the, in Romans 12, I was looking at different um, headings. So 
the writer, the writer, Paul, didn't head, Paul didn't have chapters and verses when he wrote, but, but someone put chapters and verses in and then a little title up above different sections, just as a clue to the reader what the section's about, right? And so the NIV over, uh, in one part of Romans 12 has the one section called love in action. This is what love in action looks like. The Amplified has dedicated service, and the ESV goes a bit hard, I think, and says, marks of a true Christian. <laughs> you are not a Christian if you do not have these marks. Um, it's a bit rough, but they are marks of a true Christian. They, they're not wrong. It is, it is true. They are wonderful marks of a true Christian. Um, one of these marks, marks, not remarks, one of these acts of love or dedicated service or marks of Christianity is a sh a, that we share emotions with our brothers and sisters. Isn't that fascinating? One of the marks of a Christian disciple as you're walking with Jesus is that your emotions will be shared with other people. You're not going to go through stuff alone. Um, Paul says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. There's a time for laughing. Rejoice with those people. Don't be the person who comes along and says, it's not all beers and skittles. I'm tired of your joy. It's all annoying. <laughs> Ugh. Your bum always falls in butter. You're always so happy. Rejoice with them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Someone announces, and we've had so much of this, and, and, and I can, you know, someone announces they're getting engaged or having a baby. I mean, I feel like that happens all the time. There should be like 700 children in this church. <laughs> Everyone is always pregnant, it feels like. For some people, that's incredibly painful. But as we walk together as brothers and sisters, Paul is kind of saying like, hey, as we love one another, you're able to enter into their joy without jealousy, without envy, without their joy being about you're not allowed to experience difficulty and pain. It doesn't have to be unreal, but you are able in Jesus to enter their joy. But on the same time, weep with those who weep. This is a difficult one for me. My children, I'm not sure my children have ever seen me cry. Nas, I think, asked the other day, like, what would make you cry? I'm like, I'm not really sure. It's not a kick in the shins. You know, like, as at, boys at some stage, it's a horrible age. But at some age, pain no longer makes you cry. Most guys. Sorry, if, if you're a guy, then you cry when you get hit. That's, that's totally cool. We all wish we had your superpower. But you could rip our leg off and tears wouldn't flow. But there is, there is emotions uh, when there's sadness or you watch a drama, you watch um, Happy Gilmore, or, and you're like, you start feeling uncomfortable. Or The Notebook, I've never watched it, but it's a movie I feel like, it, I feel like The Notebook is, it would, would bring tears. Point is, you weep with those who weep. Here's Paul, the great apostle, saying you engage deeply so much so that you feel their pain that you could weep with them. You could be sitting there with them and tears could be coming from your eyes as you experience what they're experiencing. And you don't just sit there and you go, hey, remember Ecclesiastes says, this is all going to be over. There's going to be a time for laughter. <coughs> so we share in each other's emotions. I'm going to sound like I'm going to contradict myself in a moment. Just hold out for it. Then Paul says to the Colossians, put on compassionate hearts. And in Galatians, he says, bear one another's burdens. And this includes emotional ones. 
The point that I keep trying to make is emotions are real. Emotions are appropriate. Emotions are seasonal. And emotions are meant to be shared. So we're also called to cause each other to experience emotions. Did you know that? You are supposed to be a vessel of emotion causation. You are. Whether you recognize it or not, you, we, we have an imprint on each other that causes emotions. Do you, do you, do you, anyone familiar with that? Anyone felt an emotion? It's Mother's Day today. You may have got something. It may have caused you emotion. You may have not got something. It may have not caused, it may have caused a different kind of emotion. <laughs> But we cause each other emotions. And the, uh, the writer of Hebrews says, um, just listen to the end part in particular, obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over you, use those who were given account, blah, blah, blah. Let them, let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. In other words, the writer of Hebrews is going, hey, you've got some leaders and it's, they've got a job under God to do, but you can decide how they experience that. Make their job a joy, don't make them groan. So you could say this to children. Hey, your parents have a tough job. They've got to raise you under God. That's the job God has given them. Not you, don't worry about it. But you can decide whether they get joy out of this or whether every single day is like a needle in the eye. Either way, they are called by God to love you. It won't change. That God has called them to love you and disciple you and shape you, but you can decide some of what they experience. Right? You can say this in, you probably can't say it like that in the workplace, but that's really what Paul's going. We can say this about our politicians. We can say this, hey, people have a job to do, but we can decide how they experience what they need to get done, to a degree. That's what the writer of Hebrews is, is putting forward here. 1 Thessalonians 2, Paul says, to the Christians there, you are our pride and joy. They've caused Paul, Paul's not even there, but they've caused Paul to feel something. I want to pose this question to you for a second. What have you caused people to feel? I wished I was the fragrant rose that after I'm with someone, they walk away and there's just, we, we bought NASA perfume, but we smelt about 30 of them. And unfortunately, it was stuck all the way up my nose. <laughs> and for the rest of the afternoon, all I could smell was the concoction of perfumes. Uh, here, which was actually, it was wonderful. It just meant I couldn't smell anything else. I would love that. You know, I've spent five minutes with Mark. Oh, my goodness. That was so uplifting. That was really wonderful. I can't wait till next time I see him. Unfortunately, I think sometimes I'm the thorn in people's flesh. And unfortunately, sometimes I know I'm the thorn in people's flesh. But, but what are you to people? What are you to those that God has called you to be around? Emotions are real. Emotions are appropriate. Emotions are seasonal. Emotions are meant to be shared. And they are even caused. What emotion can you aim to cause in someone today? Can you cause joy in someone today? I mean, I, think, I don't think, I would tease Julian about being embarrassed that he, he displayed such love. But sometimes it is embarrassing for some of us who are prideful to do something that we know will cause someone joy. Or like, I'm in a, in a wonderful marriage with Nasia, and um, it, it's sometimes hard for me. You, none of you are going to feel sympathy towards me, but I'll tell you why it's hard in a second. 
Because I know if I came home with the most withered, drying, dyed, dead flower, but I gave it to him, I was like, I, walked, I was walking on the path and I picked this because I thought of you and I, and I know it doesn't look good, but I just wanted to say I love you. She would be like exploding, like a champagne bottle that has been shaken up and she'd be like, oh my gosh, what do you want for dinner? Can I make you something special? Do you want to go on a date? Oh, is that, do you want to dance in the kitchen? So she has a much better voice than that. But, but a little gesture of love will cause an inordinate amount of joy to come back in response. And, and, and this is why you won't have any compassion or sympathy for me, because why, do, why, why is that hard for me? Because of pride. It's embarrassing. It's vulnerable. She, then she continues to see in my heart that I, I, I want her, I need her, I, I, there's a desire for her. Much easier to kind of just be like, yeah, it's your birthday, I got you something. I, I hope, anyway, let's just move on. Like I said, there will be no compassion or sympathy, just marriage counseling for us. <laughs> for the Christian, there is an emotional uh, drift upstream. Have you ever met an old Christian person who's walked with God for a long time and you can't get them down? Some of... <laughs> what? Do you try? <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes. <laughs> they're amazing. They're, they're absolutely like delusional. You, like you sit with them and no matter what you say, they're like, they end every sentence with praise God. Or like, <laughs> like man, like did you disconnect from life at some point? But it's real, like you can see it. It's real. It's not, they're not being weird. Paul says, now Paul's getting older. He's in prison at the time that he writes this. He's jailed in chains and he doesn't know if he's going to die or be set free. Eventually, he does get jailed, and he does, he does end up at some point dying, and he doesn't know if this is that. And he writes this, I will continue to rejoice. So it means he's been in prison rejoicing. And now he says, I will continue to rejoice, for to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Here's one of those old people that have connected with God in such a deep way that though they are in a season of weeping and pain and suffering, enchained and in prison, and don't know if they're going to be dead or alive, he goes, if I die, what again? I'll go be with the Lord. And if I get set free, too, I can serve Christ. Sounds like a win-win. He carries on. Yet what, uh, yet what shall I choose? I do not know. Look, look at the position he thinks he's in. <laughs> He is chained and in prison, and he's saying, what, what shall I choose? Shall I be free or shall I die? As if he's deciding what's going to happen to him. But what he is deciding is the position he's taking on his position. And he's working it out. What will be the, to God's, uh, what will be the greatest advantage to God and his people? He's, he is choosing. In other words, he's like, his he's, um, imprisoners don't have him captive. They have him chained, but not captive. He's still free. I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ. I want to go through the door of death and be with Jesus. It's better by far. <laughs> Can we say this to each other honestly? Hey man, I love you. But it's way better to go and be with Jesus. Someone, I think, I think someone was saying that. I think Nathan, I think, I can't remember. I was maybe alluding to that. Anyway, can't remember. There's far more necessary for me that I remain in the body. I'm going to have to be uh, convinced of this. I know that I'll remain and will continue with you all the more for... Yeah, why? 
for your progress and joy in the faith. I'm going to stick around a bit longer, and the reason is I'm going to cause you joy in your faith in Jesus. I'm going to work hard at that. You couldn't get Paul down. My, my Oma died in about her 80s, my grandma. Um, she was a Christian for as long as I knew her. I think she was a Christian long before. And, um, you know, the older she get, the, the worse prayer buddy she was. Um, because when I was younger, she would listen pretty well. And this is where I, I alluded to the fact that I may contradict myself. But the older that she got, the less connected to uh, think my fears and concerns and anxieties she was. So I would, I would call her up. Uh, 80 years old, and be like, hey, Omar, or text her, um, could you just pray for me? Like, some stuff's going on, and, and I'm just a bit worried about it, and, and she would just text back, trust God, He's got it all in hand. <laughs> be like, no, no, but don't you want to know about the little more of the details? <laughs> like, I can tell you, because she was in ministry, she was married to a pastor, so you, you'll get it, you'll understand some of these difficulties and you'll feel sorry for me because I'm losing sleep over these things. And she would be like, no, nope, you have no reason to fear, God's got it in hand. <laughs> and the older and older she got, the more and more she prayed for me and the less interested she was in the details. <laughs> because she's like, Mark, honestly, I, I, you know, God's got this. He has you, don't worry about it. And she was right every single time. She would pray for me, but she wouldn't join me in my sadness and fear. She, she, never, she never used the words, get over it. She wasn't saying it's inappropriate or it's wrong or it's not real. But she was saying, hey, I know that you have sadness and fear and anxiety, but God is going to reach you in that and He's going to pull you out of it. So why can a Christian drift emotionally upstream? And the reason is because of Jesus, because of hope. So Jesus promised that He would return, Right? And Jesus tells us that when He returns, He's going to redeem heaven and earth. And then in Revelations uh, 21 verse 4, He says, uh, He will wipe away, when He returns, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more, and neither shall be there, there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. So when Jesus comes, anger and sadness and fear are going to be wiped away. Some of the capacity you have because of the circumstances of this life to experience certain difficult emotions is going to be wiped away. Uh, I'm doing a master's in counseling, so we get told about emotions all the time, and we get told that all emotions are good, they're all signs of something, they're all equal, they're all wonderful, and, that, and I'm not sure that I disagree with that, but what I still know the Bible says is that some of those emotions will be impossible to have once Jesus returns. So maybe they were good for a time, but there will be a time where there will, it's not that there will be no good, there will be no longer. There will, there will be, you can't have them. So when Jesus comes back, some of these difficult emotions, let me list some of them. The, the English has 3,000 words for, um, and don't worry visitors, I'm not going to read 3,000 words to you, but I'm going to read a bunch, because these are going to go away. There's hope in Jesus. Anger, loneliness, depression, Fear, anxiety, shame, envy, pride, contempt, sadness, disgust, annoyance, hatred, frustration, jealousy, panic, paranoia, unease, feeling scared, terror, disturbed, nervous, agitated, being livid, feeling uptight, being resentful, wrathful, disgruntled, spent, indifferent, 
being exhausted, feeling listless, being burned out, feeling fatigued, being beat down, dejected, desperate, weepy, mournful, pessimistic, feeling lost, feeling tense, feeling uncertain, feeling embarrassed, being alone, being upset, being grumpy, being hangry, being disappointed, being dismayed, being betrayed, being isolated, being tormented, being ashamed, being defensive, will be no more. So if that's the neighborhood of emotions that you spend most of your life in, when Jesus returns, He's moving you out of the neighborhood. He's bringing you to a new home. Listen to some of the things that will only be possible with love, joy, and peace. You'll be thankful. You'll be trusting. You'll be comfortable, content, relaxed, relieved. You'll be confident and excited, loved and loving. You'll be happy and joyful and strong and sure and certain and delighted and grateful and optimistic. You'll feel glad and pleased and overjoyed and secure and empowered and you'll be bold. You'll be united to others. You'll feel a sense of belonging. You'll be healthy, refreshed, invigorated and amazed. You'll be motivated, renewed, adored, charitable towards others, devoted, seen. You'll feel seen, known, understood. You'll be cheerful. You'll be satisfied. You'll be glad. Oh. So, so for Christians, the resurrection of Jesus and His return changes everything. It doesn't mean that emotions aren't real. It doesn't mean that they're not appropriate. It doesn't mean uh, that there aren't seasons for them. It doesn't mean that we don't share them. It does mean that as we look to Jesus, if this is the neighborhood we're dwelling in, we see hope. That emotions don't cap hold us as captive, captives that, that we're imprisoned to these emotions. But we look at hope and we know... Jesus, you too will rescue me from this. Let me show us one way of how we can respond then. How, what can we do with our emotions then? We, we're, we know where we're going, but we're not there yet. We're heading down south to Margaret River. We can't wait to get there, but we need the toilet and we're desperate right now. What do we do? What's that? <laughs> we're midway. We're midway, so what do we do in the, in the meantime? With these difficult emotions that we still experience, with these difficult days and circumstances and pains and sorrows, and every single person in this room has experienced some difficulty, some great difficulties, some minor difficulties, but everyone's had them. Let me just show you the way. I'll skip a, I'll skip a bit and just show you a way. There's a thing, in a, there's a thing called... Um, Lamenting. Uh, different people say different things, but somewhere between one and two-thirds of the Psalms are all laments. The Psalms are what Christians have been given to sing. We're told in the New Testament to sing Psalms and hymns and spiritual songs as discipleship for, to one another. How do we help disciple each other? We sing Psalms and hymns. The worship team led us this morning. How do we disciple each other in truth? We sing truth. That's part of what we did today. It was, it was praise and worship, but it was also discipleship. So the Psalms, are, and so it's interesting then that the book that's supposed to disciple our hearts and shepherd our hearts is a book largely of laments. And laments are this. Laments is crying out to God when things are not as they should be. It's being honest and it's being vulnerable and it's turning to God. When you taste and sniff something in this world that's not as it should be, that you're experiencing loneliness or betrayal or fear or injustice, you, you lament. You don't shove it in a feelings hole. 
and you don't get uh, captivated by it and imprisoned by it and stuck by it and pressed down by it and ruined by it, you turn to God and lament. And so these these three steps I'll show you pretty qu- very quick, and then we'll go to communion. Psalms 13 says this. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? Here's David, and we don't know what's going on. Either Absalom, his own son, is hunting him down, trying to get his kingdom, and trying to kill him, his father. So he either has a son that's trying to murder him, or there's another enemy that's trying to do exactly the same thing. So it's either a family murder plot or a non-family murder plot, but either way, David is being hunted down and someone's trying to kill him. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? And day after day have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? That's step one. Step one is that we turn to God. How long, O Lord? My mind's racing. My heart's heavy. How long, O Lord? How long is it going to be like this? We turn to God, honestly, vulnerably. I really want to encourage you to do this. I've been, I've been trying it for the last month, knowing that we're going to go here and just not someone, I, I'm someone who prefers to shove things in my feelings hole. How are you going? Pretty good. Thanks. Anything upsetting you? Nope. I, nope. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it's very, 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 very freeing to turn to God and say, I don't understand. I just don't understand. David could go, you're the one who made me king, but everyone's trying to kill me. Where are you? God, God, I don't understand. You've given me four children. I'm doing my best to father them, but I can't figure it out. Can Can you throw me some help? God, I love this city. We moved here to see people saved. But what it looks like is that that like a secular Gnostic agenda is going forward and your glory is not. I don't get it. God, where are you? It's it's turning to God. There's injustice. Struggles. Then part two. So we turn to God. Number two is you ask God for help. David then says, look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death, and my enemy will say, I have overcome him, and my foes will rejoice when I fall. So he says, look on me and help me. So we're honest, number one, we turn to God, and we're honest and vulnerable. We say what is in our hearts, God can handle it. And number two, we say, God, please help me. I don't understand, I don't get it. Please help in this situation. And then number three, he makes a vow. Listen to him in verse five, he says, but I trust your unfailing love. David is getting hunted by his own son or an enemy and kill. He says, but I trust your unfailing love. We sang that this morning. My heart rejoices in your salvation. How can David be rejoicing in anything? He's like one of those old people that you can't get down. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Uh, David, you're in some cave. You can't sleep. Your mind's racing. Your heart's anxious. The Lord has been good to me? David's able to look outside his circumstances and see the character and nature of God. And he goes, I will, not, I will not be under this. I will not be oppressed by this. This is my reality. This is true. I turn to God. I don't understand it. God, what's going on? Where are you? Have you forgotten me? God, please break in. Help me, God. But I vow that I will trust you. 
you are always good. And I will not forget that. My hope is in you. And Jesus has made this invitation. So those are your three steps. Easy to do, right? <laughs> Easy. They, are, they actually are. Turn to God, ask God for help, and trust Him. Matthew eleven twenty eight says this. Jesus makes this invitation to us. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. See what he's saying there? He's not saying, um, come to me, and you cannot be weary and burdened because you got me. Remember, I, those of you who went to community group this week, you would have seen Hannah and Elkanah. Hannah's mourning, lamenting, God, why can't I have a child? Where are you, God? Please give me a child. Um, she's, and Elkanah, her husband, comes and her husband says to her, um, <laughs> he's like just like a today husband. He's like, I don't, I don't get it. Um, why am I not more pleasing to you than ten sons? <laughs> That's what he says. Go read it, word for word. Why am I not pleasing to you, more pleasing to you than ten sons? I don't get why you're sad. <laughs> Hannah, it's Mother's Day, and my dream is to be a mom, and I've never been able to be one. Yeah, but you got me. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what he says. Jesus doesn't do that. Jesus doesn't go. You got the Savior of the world, the Creator of all things. He, I've entered earth. I went to the cross for you. I was raised from the dead. I will be eternally scarred so that you can be eternally healed. Isn't that good enough for you? Get over yourself and come to me. He doesn't say that. He says, hey, all those who are weary and burdened, you're in circumstances that are outside of your control, you've been betrayed, you've been let down and disappointed, you don't know what's going on. Your body is breaking. Your mind's hurting. Your emotions are all over the place. Come to me. Come to me. And he says, for I am um, gentle and lowly of heart. I'm going to heal you. I'm going to be with you. But part of your healing is just being with me. 